You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10-day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. Today, my featured guest is Dave Borski, and Dave uh, is an engineer and business owner. He runs a company called TalatumServices.com. TalatumServices.com is where you can find him. Uh, He develops right-sized automated solutions for manufacturers and distributors to help fix labor shortages and make operations work better. Now, this is not my average guest. I mean, some of you just like fell asleep when I just read that sentence, and I get it. Listen. But he's going to make it sexy. He's going to make it exciting. Because at the end of the day, whether you're doing his type of business or your type of business, the same business principles apply. The same biblical principles apply. You want to be successful? Follow these principles. Dave's going to talk about what has made him successful in his business. Now, his business has worked for large companies such as Samson's uh, Semiconductor Foundry, the federal government, and small businesses in food, eyewear, and wastewater recycling. Dave's built a great team of experts in automation and robotics and loves helping others like many of my audience. Dave lives in San Antonio, Texas with his lovely wife, kids, his animals, and guitars. His faith in God is his number one priority and guiding principle. Exactly how I led us off today. So Dave Borski, welcome to your first 100K, top 100 podcasts in entrepreneurship. Go ahead and take a minute, fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Well, Joseph, you did a great job. I don't know that I can add much. Um, I'm in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, I've been married over 20 years. I've got three kids. My oldest is about to go to college. Um, She wants to go to my alma mater, which is Texas A&M University. I hope nobody has anything against that, but um, just proud of all my children, proud of uh, what they're accomplishing. And I'm just here to talk with you and your listeners about how I can help um, maybe answer some questions about how to overcome fears, overcome doubts, um, sometimes put aside, you know, the risk assessment and just move forward when, when you feel like, um, it makes sense to, even though maybe all the cards don't look like they line up. Maybe mm-hmm. there's a, a, something in your stomach that says, well, if I don't do this now, uh, when I'm, when am I going to do it? 
So Yeah, that's a great point. Let's start off uh, really quick before we get into your story. Share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Um, well, I would say that most people in my business life probably don't know that um, I grew up hunting. Um, you know, that's just not something we talk about. I know it's Texas, but um, and what's funny though, is I grew up hunting, but I don't really actually like to kill things. I like to go hang out, sit by the fire, have a drink. The camaraderie of the it The camaraderie, all. being outside, getting away yeah. from things. That's cool. Okay. So you grew up a hunter. You shot a lot of animals, I'm guessing. And a you're few. A few. <laughs> you're not proud of it. You're like, ah, oh, those are God's precious little beautiful creatures. But I needed to, you know, chill with the guys and be one of the guys. Anyway. That's right. All right, David, let's get into business here, man. Uh, how'd you make your first $100,000 in this business? Like when you got started, you started this business. Uh, did you do it because you loved it? You were passionate about it or neither? And you were just good at it or both? Well, I guess first thing, and I think our story is sort of a line at the beginning. When I went to college, um, I sort of put my faith aside and said, I really don't know what I believe. And, uh, God brought me back. Um, I, I grew up, I grew up in a faith that, um, and as part of that faith, I believe that God wanted me to one day start a business. And I thought he wanted me to start a software company. I was an electrical engineer by trade. Um, you know, software kind of comes naturally to us. We're really bad at documenting, but we can do it. Um, and so I bounced around in my career. I did, um, not, not in a bad way. I just, I, I worked in different industries like aerospace, manufacturing. Um, and then I got into government consulting and it, one thing sort of led to another to where I was working for a hundred thousand person company to a 3000 person company to a hundred person company, uh, to where one day I decided to start consulting half time. So basically I supported one company half time mm -hmm. and got paid a decent, you know, rate for that and also started doing consulting. So I started working on other projects, basically just putting out the word to my network. Um, and so, yeah, my, my income took a hit for a little while during this transition period, but the consulting um, ramp up started to happen. And so you can kind of see this, my old life kind of started going down, the new life started coming up and I wasn't eating like you know, beans and rice for dinner. I, I was able to keep money coming in, but, um, eventually just, you know, word started getting around. I started getting a little bit better about closing deals and, um, and yeah, that's the first hundred K mate really was, um, through consulting, but my first big job was, um, over gosh, it was over $600,000 project working with, in one of the biggest semiconductor foundries. And we've got some equipment sitting in there today. Um, that basically takes a look at products like with the wafers that they cut up and make into your cell phone parts. We actually make sure those get done right. So uh, that's amazing to me to, to know that some of the stuff we've we've built is actually, you know, potentially making your cell phone. Um, I'm still kind of amazed that, that it's there. I don't even know how it all works. I hired people to do parts of it. That's so cool. So when my cell phone gets cranky, I'm going to be like, Dave Borsky. No, Dave that's, Borsky. that's Bill Gates. Bill oh, Gates. it's Bill Gates. Got it. <laughs> All right. Good, good, good. All right. Thanks for walking us through and telling us a little bit about, uh, you know, your foundational story, right? And how you got into it, how you made your first 100K. And 
I think you did it the smart way, which is you didn't just jump ship um, and let your income, you know, disappear. Um, but you did it, you know, wisely. Uh, and you did it in a way where uh, as one was declining, right, you're stepping out of it, you're ramping up the other. Um, once it got to a certain amount, is that when you jumped when it like matched uh, your original income or rate? And you were that you were now making in the consulting? Like, how did you know when to make that jump? Because I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that they're like, when do I do it? It's like, you know, when do I pull the trigger? Do I not pull the trigger? Did I wait too long to pull the trigger? Oh, Don, I think I missed the opportunity. Maybe I should just stay here now because it's secure. How did you know? Yeah, I think I think different situations will be different, uh, partially because part of my business is providing consulting. Um, it's just kind of gone away from doing government, business development, um, trying to help companies win work to hey, how do we solve this problem with this conveyor system that doesn't work? Or, hey, we've got 20 people putting, you know, packs of chicken into boxes. How do we automate that with machinery so that you don't have people just doing this all day, shuffling trays? Um, you know, I think that for me, the consulting part of it's the front end engagement. So when I go to these companies that have, you know, like a chicken plant, for example, um, the first thing I'll do is, is give them an assessment of what I think we can do for them, kind of give them a list and say, hey, we'd like to actually drill down into what you do and um, give you a plan that you can operate from, like basically a, a milestone plan going forward to automate, to actually you know, improve your business. So in that sense, I'm still doing consulting. So it's a little bit different for me than somebody that maybe is jumping ship from an accounting firm to start an ice cream shop. You know, that's that's a more black and white jump. For me, it was a lot more gray. And I still do a little bit of that consulting on the other side just because I know it and, you know, I understand it. So to me, I'm still in the gray area a little bit, even though I'm actually I'm pushing seven figures with my business. Um, I'm, I'm at a run rate over seven figures right now. And I'm still doing some of that consulting. Congratulations, brother. That's exciting, man. You know, when you hit those uh, financial milestones, um, do you do you look back and kind of go, oh, that's it? Because I know so many people that like they're chasing it, they're chasing it, they're chasing it. They get the six figures and then they're like, oh, okay, I'm just getting started. Okay. And then they go to seven figures, they hit it, they finally get it. And then they're like, oh, you know what? Let me go to eight. Right. And it's always like the they're chasing the horizon, the sunset. Was it that way for you? Um, a little bit. Uh, I'm trying to think. There's this Russian book. Gosh, I can't remember the author. It's I think it's something along the lines of how big of a field does a man need? Mm. And kind of the concept of the story is a guy gets 24 hours to walk around the perimeter of a land that he wants. And basically, as far as he can walk, as long as he can get back to the starting point, he can have all that land. And he basically dies because he tries to take off, you know, take too big of a bite of the land, um, kills himself. So I don't want to be that guy. Um, okay. Um, but at the same time, like where I'm at now, I'm trying to refocus my business and build better processes. Like really, I think where I am right now, I'm pretty happy with how big I am. I just want to get better about, um, you know, being more efficient in my business. Okay. And why is that important to you? I mean, is it the almost obvious reason of like, Hey, I want more time with my family and doing the things I love, or is it something else? Uh, it's that, and it's just being able to focus more on the things that, that only I can do. I think it's important to hire out, especially when you get to the seven figure mark, you need to be hiring out 
Um, and before then, really, you need to be hiring out people that are hopefully better than you at the little things of your business. And the things that I can do um, really revolve around the architecture of factories. You know, I've been, I've dug trenches, I've waited tables all the way up to, you know, writing and winning 20 something million dollar government proposals. So I've gone from very low level to, you know, at least that level. I'm not going to say I'm, you know, I, I was never an executive for a manufacturing company, but I can come in and see what needs to be done, offer suggestions and then partner with companies to help them figure out what's a good pathway, what's a good solution. So that's the part I want to work on and I want to do more of that. So for me to be able to spend my time doing that, I need somebody else doing, you know, the invoicing or, um, you know, the taxes, uh, the hiring, you know, what's our hiring process. A lot of that is still up in this noggin. Got it. What's been the biggest mistake or, you know, thing you look back on and say, man, I should have done that differently so far. I think one of the keys to being an entrepreneur is not to do that too much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, you've got to have some honesty about yourself and what's not working. Right. Um, honestly, I think not trusting God, not being a little more, um, not being willing to grow and break myself a little bit has kept me from growing. Like, like we talked earlier about, or I talked earlier about going from consulting to what I'm doing now. And I think that those steps could have been taken a little faster in hindsight mm -hmm. if I had just gone out and in a little more faith and stretched a little more because the times I have stretched, I've grown and I, ha I have had some mistakes, but none of them have sank me. Now you named your business off of a Greek word um, and it has biblical implications. And I think it speaks right to what you just brought up there of being stretched and multiplied mm -hmm. um, and taking that risk as an entrepreneur. Without taking that risk, you can't grow, you can't be stretched, you can't multiply. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Why'd you name the company, what, what you named it? What does it mean to you personally? And then how have you really walked it out in the business? You know? Sure, Joseph. Um... Well, again, I knew early on that God wanted me to start a business and I felt like part of the giving back to him was, you know, offering the company to him and say, hey, if you want this to run, you know, I'll run it for you, but it's really your machine. So I'll name it after something. And the word talent came to mind. It, it basically was thinking of the biblical story about the talents where master gives three servants different amounts of money and says, here, go do something with it. And so they all come back. Two of them return positive, you know, more than the master gave them. And the third just buried it, didn't do anything with it, didn't even buy a CD and came back with the same amount of money. Uh, the two um, that returned more money, they were rewarded. And the one that returned the same amount was actually punished. He wasn't, you know, because he took the safe road, it wasn't like, oh, okay, you're just safe. Go, you know, here you're demoted. No, he was actually kicked out. So, um, the moral of the story for my business is if you give me money, I'm not going to put it in a hole. I'm going to actually invest it in by looking at what your business needs to do to grow. To, and actually today, I think it's to survive. I think automation and robotics is coming um, to America. It's, it's here now, but we're only the seventh biggest user of robotics in the world. Um, and I, when I go look at factories, there's still a lot of really repetitive and dangerous work that could be done with robots and automation. So I'm, I'm getting a little bit sideways from, from your original question, but those are the kind of investments that I can help companies make, those investments in being safer, more efficient, 
um, and actually providing better jobs. Uh, the manufacturing uh, outlook in the U.S. is grim because people don't want manufacturing jobs that are repetitive. They don't want these really nasty, dirty jobs. But for every uh, for every four jobs, I think that are um, replaced by a robot, there's one better job that comes out of it. And usually, it has to do with uh, you know repairing, programming, that sort of thing. Um, and and the other question that you may have is, well, what about those other three people? Well, if you look at the automotive industry or many other industries where robots are real prevalent, um, they, they work just fine. There's a lot of really great jobs in those factories and our economy just overall is running three or 4% unemployment rate uh, with all this automation. So I think that as a society, we're just gonna get more efficient. Um, we're, gonna, we're gonna do great things, better things, um, God's given us dominion over the land. We're gonna, we're gonna take, we're gonna take good care of it. That's right. But don't be like the Russian guy in the story and take too much of the land before <laughs> you get greedy and then you die. You're like, why are you doing that, people? All right. So uh, let's talk marketing for a second, okay? Because uh, you know, many people, uh, entrepreneurs, business owners. Uh, they could be really good specialists at their craft, uh, but they don't know how to market it, um, let alone sell it. How? What's been your number one marketing strategy to win new clients, to get out there in front of them, et cetera, right? You're, you seem to be more of a technician uh, specialist type, but maybe introverted more than extroverted. Um, how do you do it? Are you the guy that goes out there and, and calls on these companies? What's been your number one marketing strategy? If I look at what's worked and what's brought in the money, it's been me primarily uh, up until recently. Um, just expanding out to my network. Um, asking for referrals is very important. Um, being strategic and setting goals. Um, so what I'd highly recommend is set a goal for your company for a year and think about and just, you know, you can Google it. Look at what the numbers are for, you know, how many phone calls do you have to make to get a job? You know, usually it's like two out of a hundred cold calls end up being something. Different industries have different metrics, but in general, if you if you take that approach, um, then start with your inner circle. Who do you know? Who are you working with now? Who do they know? What referrals can they give you? Um, what other companies are in the sectors you're working in? What people have you worked with in the past? I waited till I was almost forty to start my business. I built a pretty big Rolodex and I've, I've kept up with LinkedIn. Honestly, to get started, LinkedIn Sales Navigator was super helpful because I was able to connect to new people. Um, I got a big um, account with an eyeglass manufacturer through basically looking up people that went to my alma mater that were engineer background that were now a director VP and just reached out, found a guy. We connected, hit it off really well, um, and that's been a good business sector for us. So when you go on LinkedIn, as an example, you're looking for those personal details from their life that you can resonate with and connect with and strike up a conversation. You're not coming in, which is business talk and pitching them. Is that correct? Yeah, I'll give you an example because people like stories. Um, when I went through the core cadets at Texas A&M, which was our OTC organization, and when I was a freshman, you know, we're always getting hated on by the upperclassmen. We were in charge of our outfit's flag, the, you know, um, and we took it to dinner. We left it there. We we decided to come home back to the dorm and then go back and get it later. When we got there, it wasn't there. We came back to the dorm. Sophomores came in and the core commander came in and he was in the band, which made it even worse. He came in with our flag. Nobody's supposed to touch that flag. 
um, we got smoked. Um, it was the worst. It was it was one of the worst days we ever had. Fast forward 20 years, I wanted to do some work with Texas A&M University during the pandemic. Who's in charge of the the foundation? Um, it's that guy, Tyson Vocal. So I, I found him on LinkedIn, found his personal information, typed him a really long email, told him that story. And he wrote back, actually his um, secretary wrote back and said, hey, he really wants to talk to you. He called me up one night and said, hey, you know how busy I am? He's running like a, you know, I don't know, it's a huge foundation, um, probably nine figures. He's like, you know, I get so many emails. That one made it through because it made them laugh. <laughs> so I think it's really important to really, if you have a good target or a good audience you want to hit, put a lot of work into it. People will see that. All right. So Startup Nation, like that's very powerful wisdom right there. Now, don't put a lot of work into pitching a very low ticket client, right? Like mm -hmm. if it's only going to pay you 200 bucks or 500 bucks, don't sit there writing an email for two hours. Like that doesn't even mm -hmm. make sense. That's not good use of your time. But Dave's dealing with contracts that are in the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, in the millions. Yep. That's worth an hour-long written email telling a story and then just shooting it out there like a sniper rather than just like a blast of like, hey, let's see where it sticks. But it's targeted to that potential prospect or referral, like hitting them in the personal, the, the intimate, the, the people side, right? The storytelling side, bringing up a blast from their past that's funny like he did in that situation. All right. Thanks for sharing that. Appreciate that, Dave. Um, What's the number one growth strategy that's helped you scale your business, would you say? Like, what have you done that's really worked? Um, this is maybe a little different, but I got some coaching help. Mm -hmm. So I've had a couple guys. Um, one was actually a pastor, and mm -hmm. now he does coaching. Um, and another guy is a strategic guy. He's, you know, he's had a company like mine. Um, both are, you know, 20 years older than me. I think almost 20. So they've, they've seen a lot more things. And I think it's important in mentorship to look at people who, you know, it's important to look at peers, but it's also to look for some of those people that have been down your road. Um, one of them created a company just like mine pretty much about 20 years ago, and now he does consulting. So I think having that uh, and having those people look at what you're doing and your strategy, your tactics has been a, a super helpful thing um, at a high level. I agree with that. And uh, the way you brought it there is I asked what's been your number one growth strategy, right? And most mm -hmm. people would go to business growth. And well, the way you grow your business when you're the founder of the business is grow yourself. Yep. As you invest in yourself with coaches, et cetera, and you get better, you show up better in your business and your business gets better and bigger. Like that's how it works. And so many people, they look at, oh, how do I improve the dials on my business? But they refuse to improve the dials in their own personal life. Their marriages are falling apart. Their kids want nothing to do with them, right? They're getting richer and richer, but lonelier and lonelier. Well, that doesn't play out long term, does it? Mm, Eventually, sure. you get the land, you get all the miles of property, but you're dead. You're miserable. You're alone, and nobody's there at your bedside, and you got all these regrets like that Russian dude, I'm sure. All right. I keep bringing it back to that story. I don't know why. I like that story. That was a good story, buddy. Thanks for sharing that. Sure, man. All right, Dave. Uh, what... Let me ask you this question. This is a, a faith question. What is, what is, what is it that you do to strengthen and deepen your faith? 
I think at this point, you know, I've read the Bible cover to cover. I'm not bragging or anything like that. I'm just saying that's something everybody needs to do at some point. There's a lot of stuff in there that will blow your mind. All um, the Catholics are like, what? What? <laughs> I'm hey man, the Pope is actually, I think, on board with that stuff. That's right. Read your you Bible, know? people. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so I think it, at this stage of life, it's a lot about, um, you know, like I'm past the halfway point in my life, most likely, unless Elon Musk comes up with some new gadget um, to put my body into. But as far as growing, I, I feel like a lot of it's like a system. You ha- you got to have stuff going in and stuff going out. So I try to get, you know, people around me or the Bible or podcasts in me. But I also try to, um, I think it says in, oh gosh, is it First Corinthians? Like talk to your children. Maybe it's Deuteronomy chapter six. Talk to your children in the roadways, pretty much everywhere you go. Talk about talk about God. Uh, make it a part of your life. You don't have to do it just in church or just when it feels right or just in front of other Christians. You can just say, "Hey, man, God really helped my business today." You know, mm-hmm. I sometimes I'm on a business call and I'm like, "Hey, you know what? Um, this is a great uh, coincidence that you and I actually connected. I actually was this actually happened last week. I was talking to somebody and they said, "Hey, um, you know." I got a new client for you. They're up in Dallas. And I said, Hey, what a coincidence. I was just talking yesterday about to another guy, like, Hey, I'm going to come up to Dallas as soon as I have one more customer I can come visit. And then the next day it happened. I was like, could be God's providence. You know, that's what I said. And you know, lo and behold, she said, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if you believe that stuff. She's like, Oh, well, I totally do. I totally do. And I was like, well, I think it's God's providence then that this is actually coming about. So seeing little things like that happen, strengthen my faith. That's very cool. You know, I like Trader Joe's is a place where I'll frequent and pick up some grocery items. And, you know, people just ask, how you doing today? You know, and I'm, my answer's the same answer. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And, man, that's a conversation starter. doesn't matter where they are in their spiritual journey. Like some people will just come in like, huh, that's a great answer. You know, I'm blessed too. And it gets them to actually reflect on gratitude, right? That God's blessed them. And then other people, they're like, oh, you're Christian. Me too. Right? And we get, we start talking about God. Sometimes it's as simple as that. It's not preaching at people. It's just showing up authentically and, you know, giving thanks to God for all the blessings you have in your life, right? So thanks for doing that. Being a light in the darkness, brother, there's a lot of darkness spreading around. Let's be honest, people. Let's be honest. Be the light. All you Christians out there, be the light. And if you think it's overwhelming, well, Joseph, how do I be the light? There's too much darkness. You know how little light it takes to light up a dark room? Do you understand that concept? Talk about multiplication. God does the miracle. Like you shine a little, little candlelight. Man, it dispels a whole room of darkness. That's what we're called to do. All right, all right. So we're going to get into the hustle round. This is one of my favorite parts of the show. Uh, I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it, Dave. It's just for fun. It's like a game show. Are you ready, sir? As an engineer, this is hard, but I'll, I'll do my best. I know. That's why I like <laughs> overemphasize. Don't overthink it. Don't analyze it. What's your favorite thing about owning your own business? Um, I love being able to work directly with customers and get the real story. Nice. What's your least favorite thing? Um, accounting. 
Yeah. <laughs> I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of the human condition. What are you currently struggling with or challenged with right now in your business or in your personal life? Um, going through just cycles of thinking about, is this, you know, my kids are going to college. Am I getting there? You know, trust, you know, just trusting that I'm where I need to be right now and not, like I said, am I, how big of a field do I need to encircle? Like the, the field's here. I need to work it. Okay. I'm picturing you way out in the field. And I'm like, Dave, Dave, come back. <laughs> All right. Dave, what are you most afraid of? Um, height. Height. Like buildings, tall buildings. Really? Freak me out. So roller coasters, not your thing? I've been on them. They're okay. Airplanes, I'm good. You know, put, put send me to space. I'm cool. Would you skydive? Maybe. That's fascinating to me. You would jump out of a plane that's high, way higher than a building, but you're scared of standing on the top of a building? Yeah. yeah okay. I'm, I'm weird. Right. Man. There's no reason for it. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in this business? Um, first year? Probably going back to my consulting. Like Instead of stretching, mm. I kept going back to what was safe, where I could make a buck. That, that hits a lot of people right there. Startup Nation, are you doing that right now? Are you avoiding stretching and growing and you're coiling up in comfort? Is that what you're doing? Stop. Stop doing it. You can't be multiplied that way. What secret fear do you have about people? Secret fear do I have about people? Um, that they're not as authentic as they appear. Authentic, yeah. Authenticity is super important to me and getting a vibe that somebody's not being authentic kind of, yeah, I don't want to mess with that. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business? It's okay to make mistakes. Just, just think about them ahead of time and think about how to use that result to improve yourself. So think more, think more. What's a new habit you're going to create in your life this year? Uh, Well, I've been doing it already and it's thinking time where I just sit down a piece of paper and just think and think about a problem and just go for 30, 45 minutes. It's, it's been transformational. That's awesome. Uh, one of my clients, he does this uh, practice similar to that where he takes off midweek on Wednesdays and he thinks all day, just thinks and creates. He doesn't work. And he said completely is transforming everything, the way he looks at his business, everything, because he's stepping out of it, Mm -hmm. right? And That's what it is. Yeah, it's so cool. Um, What's a bad habit you're going to break? Bad habit I'm going to break. Um, Trying to break the habit of lazily looking at the news during the workday or social media just for no reason. Talk about shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, yeah, man. Sorry. <laughs> I know we're on a podcast, but no, oh, I hear you. Pick three words to uh, describe who you are now. Um, authentic. Um, three words. Authentic. Um, balanced. Hmm. I'm, I'm more balanced and contemplative. Okay. Yeah. Pretty good. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in your business. Frantic, worried, and um, 
<laughs> neurotic. <laughs> okay, so I acknowledge you for making a lot of progress, my friend. Well done. And last question, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends, your wife, your kids in the eye, and give them only one piece of advice about real success, true success, what would you say to them? The, the one truth that I really believe is foundational is honor God and everything and trust him for the results. And in business, that's been super helpful to realize that, hey, if this business fails, you know, I may have had a part of it, but that's, you know, God's, God's going to do whatever he wants with or without me. And so I, I either need to be on his bus or not. So, <laughs> all right, get on God's bus, people. Yeah. Jeez, you don't want to be left behind. Let's go. All right. Uh, this is the part of the show, Dave, where you get to give Startup Nation, my audience, uh, one action step or homework assignment for this week that they need to do to grow their business. What do you got for them? Um, get a blank piece of paper. This one has, oh, I've got my background on. Get a bl- Imagine a blank piece of paper right here. Get actually five pieces. Get a pen. Um, take the time of the day where you're at your best, block it off on your calendar, just do an hour, spend 45 minutes. Um, if you can't think of a problem to solve, I'll give you one right now. Here's the problem, write it down. What is the number one thing holding me back from growing my business? And then spend 45 minutes just writing from that, whatever comes to mind, no distractions. And then at the last 15 minutes, go through and pick out two or three of your best ideas and then put them on your calendar to implement. Try it out. Okay. All right. Try it out, Startup Nation. That's your homework assignment. Do you accept this mission? It will self-destruct in one week. You going to do it? Let's go. All right. Uh, Startup Nation, do you enjoy this show, your first 100K? Do you enjoy the amazing guests I bring on, like Dave, who like just come in and speak about their journey? They speak with authenticity, transparency, vulnerability. They share their struggles and challenges that you connect with. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone in this. And then you get inspired to go at it again. If you enjoy that, would you go to first100k.com or go to iTunes, Apple Podcast, or go to Stitcher Radio and write your five-star review right now? Don't write it about me. Write it about Dave. Write it about my guests and how well they showed up and how they moved you, touched, and inspired you. All right. Go do that right now. And if I like what you write, I may give you a shout out live on the show like I'm about to do for handle leadloo 9999999 Okay. I think they like nines. Leadloo, thank you for your five-star review. Uh, they wrote interesting exclamation point. I love the guest that Joseph is interviewing on your first 100K and the approach he's taking to bring out unique conversations that you don't hear on other shows. Be sure to listen in. All right, Lilu999999. I think I hit that. Uh, thank you for your five-star review. Um, go ahead, Startup Nation, write your five-star review. And David, take us out here, man. Like, uh, Where does Startup Nation go to find out more about you? They want to possibly hire you. They want to refer business to you. They just want to learn more about you, man. Like, What do you got for them? Sure. So um, 
you know, you can website us, talentumservices.com. It's the word talent with U-M at the end. Just think of your Latin, talentumservices.com. Some of our projects are there, some cool videos. I actually did, have started a couple little video podcast typey things. Nothing like what you got going on, Joseph. Uh, we're, we're me and my roboticist uh, talk about robots and, you know, some other interesting things about life. And that's that's where you can find us. Is that someone's actual job title, a roboticist? Um, I might have made it up, but that it makes sense. I like it. It makes sense to me too. It's just like I want to see that on a business card that someone hands me because I want to have a different conversation. You're a roboticist? Tell me more. I'm a pharmacist of robots. Roboticist. (laughs) Okay, got it. All right, Dave, thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. You too, Joseph. Thank you, sir. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on of bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.